0: From the table the official podcast of new york's world famous comedy seller coming at you on sirius xm 99 raw dog and on the laugh button podcast network dan Na- that was one of my better intros i didn't uh, there was no stuttering or stumbling everything was enunciated well i'm dan natterman co-host of the world famous comedy seller official podcast live from the table and i'm with noam dorman owner of the world famous comedy seller the ever expanding world famous comedy seller with Perry L. and Brand, our producer. And we have with us tonight a comedy seller, regular, relatively new here. I think he's been right here about a year or so.
1: Um, Eric Newman, everybody say hi to the people Eric, Hey, guys, two, two and a half years. Well, two years and four months. But do you count the pandemic? I was here the pandemic, so I would
0: have to count it. OK, you mean you, you performed during the pandemic? Yeah, yeah a little bit uh, when we were doing the uh, the drop in shows. Um, there's some interesting comedy. The comedy seller once again, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. When any, any, uh, any man, any, any man is accused of me Too violations. There are no winners except Noam Dorman. <laughs> <laughs> um, because <laughs> B- Bill Cosby, excuse me. Uh, once again, the comedy seller got a blast of publicity because <laughs> Noam was asked, the sound is all fucked up.
2: Okay, hey, Dan, you sound great. Okay.
0: Um, who was it? The New York Post asked you whether you would. It was originally TMZ
2: TM. Did Harvey Levin himself call you? No, it was a, a, a woman. I don't I don't remember her name. Very nice. Very personable.
0: But she called you up and said, could would Cosby be allowed to work here if requested? And you said.
2: Yeah, they said, uh, would you say you, you book uh, these other guys? Would you book uh, Cosby? And I said, uh, no, I this was my exact answer. No, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable. Booking Bill Cosby, and besides, the audience wouldn't tolerate it. But I think comparing him to those other guys is ridiculous. That's all I said. That's one hundred percent what I said. And from that, the headline is: Dwarman to Cosby, stay the hell out. Yes. <laughs> Very. Old. By the way, I was literally about to tell you that
1: I hated the way that person phrased that. Is you let these other guys perform? These other it's completely different. Yeah, it's one hundred percent different.
2: Yeah. So so, but but it is pretty interesting because. I mean, just it, it shows you what's going on in, in the press. So actually, I actually wrote a Facebook post about this. And then I got an offer from the Wall Street Journal to write about it in the, in the journal. But, I, but I'm not going to do it. But um, you said you're not going to. I'm, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to bring attention to the specifics of the thing. So anyway, but the thing is, like a reporter gets something in his head. It's like a hi- total hypothetical. Cosby never had any interest in playing the comedy seller. Why would Cosby? I mean, Cosby can if, if he's going to do something, he can do it for millions to do a pay-per-view event or whatever. He doesn't need to do.
0: Well, he might come here to test material, even though he never did before.
2: It's absurdly unlikely. He doesn't have any connection with there's just no reason he would. Right. He's never done it before. Never done it before. It's possible he could, but it wasn't. But it didn't come. So they, they come up with a hypothetical. I'm like, no, like no grandstanding, just like very mild. No, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. And from that, they generate a worldwide story as if something happened, as if he wanted to, as if I turned him down. It's like. She might have just said, uh, you know, uh, would you put Hitler on? Like, like it's, yeah. it's, it's nothing if to do Robin with Williams came
0: back to life. Would, yeah, it's yeah, just like? Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. like. And also in The New York Post, it said that it, it said that you said that you wouldn't put him on because the audience wouldn't like it. And yeah, well, they took the, they took the. Second... But they, they didn't say what you really said is I wouldn't do it. And
2: also the audience wouldn't like it. Yeah. And actually, but funny things I said to her, I said to her, I wish you wouldn't use that because people are going to say, oh, the only reason he's doing it is because it, because it's bad for business. That was a TMZ woman. No, I said it to the Post woman. Oh, the New York Post. And, and then she, they still um, sort of put it that way. No, there was some people on Twitter said that actually she.
0: No, no. The New York Post article said Noam Dorman said he's not going to he wouldn't whatever. use Cosby there's,
2: because there's, because the audience wouldn't like it. I mean, there's no winning these things. The media is really corrupt. And it's all because um, maybe it was always corrupt. But now it's like pay per click. So they need to have something like if the headline was Dwarman says he's uncomfortable.
3: Right. Nobody's gonna read that.
0: that. that, that he, Norman says Norman says, Norman says uh, Dorman says he's uncomfortable with with the possibility,
2: with the remote possibility. Right. <laughs> you know, then yeah, you're right. I so. said he's never heard from Cosby, but if he did, he would be uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, yeah so that's they, they a the headline. Dorman says, get the hell out. But then of course now I'm being called a racist on Twitter. And um, some people referred to the fact that I oh, was-
0: I assume that's a very minority opinion.
2: Well, usually if- it's the minorities, but sometimes white people and, <laughs> and then and uh-huh. and then. Um, but also, uh, some people said a and, and few people mentioned the fact that I'm Jewish. And it just just shows what a cesspool this world is like. It's just
3: well, Twitter in particular. is. But, but I do imagine that yeah. most
0: people on Twitter are actually on your side on this one.
2: Yeah. Well, as opposed to other things I've done, it's like it's really not bad publicity to be told that you you wouldn't book Bill Cosby. Right, right. He's one of the most reviled <laughs> men in America. And TMZ has five million Twitter
0: followers, so you're mentioned, and that's yet more publicity for the seller. And the post
2: has, however, many million yeah, I mean, that they, they have. To be honest, when, when they asked the question, I, I, you know, like the thing zoomed to my head. The first thing is, well, if I, if if there's always a risk, they'll say no comment, and no comment can always be construed as I would book him. So I didn't want that. And then I thought, well, or maybe they'll just call another club. I said, well, I don't want another club to be seen as the go-to club to ask about a question like that. I like the idea that that we're the
1: right. the
2: club to to go to. So I figured it's better to answer than not to answer. And, and I said, well, how much trouble after all the trouble I got in in the past? How much trouble could I get in by saying I wouldn't book Bill Cosby? So so I think it was the right thing to answer. I just I just didn't want to by answering call attention to the other guys like they don't they don't need this coming up yet again in their lives, you know, but I don't think really I I didn't I don't think I contributed to that. I think I would have contributed to that if I did a Wall Street Journal article. That's why I turned it down.
3: Right. But I also think you're setting a very good example for like every other club. I know that you don't think of it that way.
2: No, No. I I, I actually have a bad like if people knew what I really thought they might not be happy with me because (laughs) because I don't want to book him. But I don't. I wouldn't get mad at another club for booking him. I feel like that's none of my business, and I don't like this social norm that people think they have a say. Like he's a free man, Bill Cosby. I don't like him. He's a rape. Like he's accused of rape. Is he a rape? He was. He was convicted of rape, but then technically he's now innocent or proven guilty again, right?
3: I mean, no, but okay. Well, all right. that's, That's it. Definitely definitely not. But but, but, you know,
2: but he's no more or less likely a rapist than like Bill Clinton or Mike Tyson or and he's or done things on the par with Chris Brown. I mean, there's no consistency to it, but better off, I think, as a society, if a free man can do whatever someone will hire him to do. I don't think we all ought to have a say in that. I just don't believe that. As a um,
1: business owner, you can choose not to have him in your business. But yeah, you- but but, but I,
0: I,
2: I I don't want I don't want to I, I don't think Cosby.
0: regardless of what the, the morality, the moral qualms of a club owner, I, I just can't imagine anybody from a business standpoint is going to book this guy. I don't think any audience. I, I would, think
1: he's the one that doesn't get booked.
0: And I don't even think theaters like a theater is a different sort of a situation where they rent the theater and then they
2: they bring the audience that wants to see them. I don't even think a theater will touch. him. Well, I don't think I'm going to tell you that I that I know firsthand of somebody who wants to book him a theater. I, I, no, I don't want to say it on what it is on here, but uh, something significant. And um, I told him I, I, I spoke to him. I said, I think that's a terrible decision.
0: Well, you uh, can't
2: say if it's a theater I, or a- I can't say. But um, point is that you would think that he would be radioactive for everybody. But but, um, you know, people want to make a buck and there's a lot of money probably to be made in like a Bill Cosby pay-per-view event. It's, it's like, so
3: know, you know. so I mean there might so even be sickening. like
2: one and done retirement money in a, in a thing like that if you think about it.
3: So right. I mean it, it's, it's just absolutely just astonishing to, that people are even having this conversation like should we give this guy who like fucking raped 60 plus women like a show? Like the fact that that's even a conversation. I All
2: mean, right, you know OJ OJ Simpson wrote that book uh if, yeah. I, if I had done it, yeah. this is how I would have done it. Right. And that got published. And- no,
3: I thought they they that was Judith Regan, wasn't it? She put the kibosh on that.
2: No, it was published. I mean, you can buy it on. I, I don't know. I mean, whatever is like yeah, maybe she chose not to publish it. I don't remember the details, but I like I having the conversation, though. I think
1: the conversation is necessary, even if it's a completely, you know, in one like, you know, ninety nine percent. Of the conversation leads in one direction, and the one percent has a different take on it. I like that we're talking. So, so okay, I, I but know. so then
3: yeah, to it, that it, end, it, it, where's the line? Like, if he had raped sixty children, like, is then it? No, not no, no, a, no, I know, no, no, I know, I know. Yeah. You're not saying that, but yeah. like, as a just as a conversation piece, the fact that people are considering booking this guy for whatever reason, like, where is the line?
2: Look, are there there should be no line because. I, I, I liken it to the exclusionary rule in the law, which, you know, that's when happens with some regularity where somebody is a murderer and the evidence is obtained illegally and then the conviction where well, the evidence is thrown out and they're, not convic- and they're not convicted. Right. And there's, and we know why that is because the social norm is important and we tolerate it. And uh, it's also similar to the idea of a thousand innocent men thousand guilty men go free rather than one innocent man uh be convicted so you know once you start uh, encouraging private actors to make these decisions to hold people accountable um it's it's just going to spin out of control and they're going to start like like they were listen when we put louis on you had people attacking our waitresses on the subway I know they were holding them accountable. No, it's not the same thing. But I said
3: that I said that's insane. Right. It's insane.
2: But it's but it's an inevitable part of that kind of social norm where people think that there should be societal punishment beyond the institutions that are set up to punish people, civil and criminal law. So in my opinion, as much as it's distasteful for Bill Cosby to sit in a restaurant or Bill Cosby to perform somewhere, I think we're better off if we could just all learn to say, okay, he's free and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. I don't have to book him. I don't need to sit next to him, but uh, because otherwise you think it's going to stop at Bill Cosby, it's, 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 it's open season and it's inconsistent. Like they won't do it to Bill Clinton. They won't do it to Chris Brown. They'll do it to Cosby. It's like, it's all, it's all a bad idea. We don't need, it's just not the end of the world. We can just like, we tolerate a murderer going free when the evidence is when the cops when the cops torture a confession out of somebody whatever whatever the reasons are or they are or they going without a warrant or whatever the reason is that we uh find out these things somebody's free they're free and 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 we should be proud of that as a society we're not we're, we're much better off that way it's ridiculous to think that that everybody should just you know try to make sure that nobody that we think somebody's guilty we think cosby's guilty no, right we know he's guilty
3: no yeah but I mean, no, he was convicted, actually, in this particular case. And I guilty hate, to I, some
2: degree. Guilty he was convicted, some. but the conviction was turned up. But let's say he was guilty and he did his time. What about then?
3: Like like it's just why? Right. I hate the logic have this, is so sad. Why
2: do we have this thirst for blood? It's it's it, I hate to use the term, but it is virtue signaling to some degree. We can survive if free people can go to restaurants and and work. It's like, you know, we can know that he's 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 a horrible person. I don't want to hire him, but I'm not going to start boycotting the place that does want to hire him. Right.
3: I get it. I know there's no
2: end to that. There's no limiting. there's, There's no limiting principle to
1: that. I was talking to a comic about this the other night, how, like, as an experiment, I would love to be able to announce him just to see how the crowd would react. No, 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 <laughs> no. I'm not going to fuck around. <laughs> ever. I'm not going to do it. I'm not <laughs> going to. Jackass. I'm just saying I would like to. I would SD. I would never do that. <laughs> okay? I would like to because I'd be I'm genuinely curious because, OK, if I if I announce I've announced Louis. 20, well, they probably think you were times. kidding. No, no, no I've, no. I've announced Louis 20. No, they wouldn't because now it's the press that he's out of jail and yeah. the cell. I've, I've announced Louie 20 times, I would say 19 out of 20 times. It has been thunderous applause oh, yeah. for him. Yeah. And then there's always one table you hear, you walk to the back and you hear them going like, Oh no, oh, this yeah. is offensive or whatever. Fine. I would be genuinely curious like just what his reaction?
0: I I think the reaction around. I tell you what it what I think it would be, because since you're not going to do it, we can only speculate. I think it would be horror. I think it's a I think it would be horror. I, I think it would be utter horror. And I you think,
1: you think you don't think even the people who want to applaud to see him or are curious to see what his set is or whatever, wouldn't because they'd be afraid of what the person yes, around them would be.
0: Yes, I think that's number. I don't know how many people would would really genuinely. I mean, I'd be curious to see him, but but, you know, I wouldn't be applauding. And and I think I think you you might get some some gasps. I think you'd get some horror gasps and of horror and all that stuff. Yes, I think you'd get all that. I, Listen, I the, think, the, the logical I said, is it time. I think you might get some tears, to be honest, to be quite frank, I, I think people would go crazy. It would be
2: horrible. I mean, yeah. you'd have to put Mateo on after him. Right? <laughs> you, so. you cannot Bill Cosby cannot go up uh, except in a, fr- front of an audience. That there to, see, that fair to bought see him, Bill Cosby tickets. Yeah. But I wanted to say that the logical extension of this idea that Bill Cosby shouldn't work, of course, is that, well, then we should be writing him a check to stay home I mean, like, like you've got to eat like like no, nobody thinks this stuff through. What's he supposed to do? If, if you really think it's like you, your philosophy major or something, weren't you?
3: I studied philosophy as Was an undergrad t-
2: of- talking to Mike. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. like, yeah. So, you know, like Immanuel Kant, yeah. talk about the categorical imperative. Is that what yeah. it is? And you're supposed to like you're supposed to think of morality in like that, whatever it is for yourself, if universal to everybody. Yeah. So if we think about the fact that I think um, nobody should book Cosby therefore or I think I think I shouldn't book Cosby. Therefore, nobody should ever hire Cosby. OK, well, what, what is that? So now what? So now, well, Cosby, I mean, I
3: think that if you've raped 60 women, you sort of lose. Right. Your so right I'm right saying, OK, to, right, but, you know, but do if, a lot
2: of things. Right. But I'm saying if, if we think that no, but if there's a person out there that nobody should do any commerce with. You shouldn't be allowed in a store. No, mm-hmm. nobody should. interact. Yeah. Now the government has to support him, right? No. Or you should just starve to death. Sure. I'm saying, OK, uh, you know, it's frustrating because no, you have I to really, think these things uh, through. No,
3: I don't actually. Well, I don't really yes, get- no, you're, right, you're right.
2: By the way, just to clarify, yes,
3: just to clarify.
0: clarify uh, uh, no, i is Obviously, Bill Cosby's at no risk of starving. No, saying if that's a general principle and if somebody that doesn't have money right. is released from jail yeah. under those same circumstances and nobody will hire him. Then should the government, I get Well, he would be qualified for government benefits. So, I mean, and, well, let's,
2: say, let's say Cosby um, figures out how to do a pay-per-view event. And he, and he needs Amazon web services to, you know, and Amazon web services. No, no, no. We're not going to let you uh, buy bandwidth. Uh, like I like it's, I don't Great I mean, idea. Have, no, I wouldn't agree with that. I we know. don't need Amazon Web because now they've set themselves up as some sort of enforcer here. Is Cosby the only bad guy?
1: On no, Earth? I
3: said I hate that your yeah, logic yeah. is so sound. But, but
1: what happens is, is like what happened with Louis. Right. Like, again, I just want to cl- clarify. I don't think these are close to the same situations. But what happened with Louis is when he got canceled. FX pulled out a show, right? And then all of a sudden he wasn't seen anywhere. You couldn't find him anywhere on a streaming platform, anything. Just because one network decided it, every network followed suit, right? Right. My question is, if you, as a representative of the comedy seller, the best comedy club in the country, in the
4: city.
1: (laughs) The best comedy club in the city.
3: The world, Eric. The the world. world. No, no, but I'm just
1: using New York as an example. You, go ahead. (laughs) If you said you would book Cosby, okay? Do the other comedy clubs follow suit? Because the seller's the gold standard, right?
2: So, so how influential do you think your decision is? It's it's interesting because if I, if I, if I set, and by the way, I would never book Cosby, like, like just to, but anyway, um, if we said we were going to, we would book him, the other clubs would have two options. Either they could try to do it under the cover of the fact that we had kind of normalized it or. Maybe more smartly, they would use that as a way to distinguish themselves from the, in other words, to, to help bring us down. Oh, but like, yeah, yeah. we are the non-Cosby <laughs> right, right, right. club. Right, right. You should not be going to the comedy cellar. I think they would. That's what they would do. That's what I would do.
3: But that's what I'm saying. I think it's setting a very good example. The other thing that I think you, the three of you, should know is I think you're woefully underestimating how little people give a shit that women are raped. I think that the crowd. I, I don't think you're right about the crowd. I think people would be totally fine with Cosby. I think a lot of people Ooh, would I be. Don't.
1: No, I, I think They're barely very fine
3: f- with Eric Newman. I
1: think, <laughs> I think very very. F- I've done way worse in than- I've done in my defense. I've done a lot worse. <laughs> well, well, but
0: while whilst, uh, but we're waiting for our guests to arrive, I just want to briefly um, uh, um, discuss Eric Newman's role here at the comedy. So he is an MC. Yeah, an MC is a, a
1: comic. Can I just be a comic who goes first?
0: Well you MC the show. I do MC the show. Now I happen to think I do it very well. You certainly do.
1: But but um, do you wish to no longer MC are you saying? Are you No, I, I actually love the Cellar is the only club I host where I host, and I actually love hosting there. And also I've developed relationships that I never would have developed if I wasn't there the whole show, bringing every comic up, everything. Well, don't
2: break. Listen, if Cos, the thing is that <laughs> listen, just just reiterate. So when Louis came in yeah. the first time, I would I definitely would have put him on, but they didn't tell me. They just put him on. Like I didn't know about it. People didn't believe me. Like I woke up the next morning and sort of found out that my my world had just <laughs> totally changed. Like seriously, totally changed. But um. If Cosby should walk in and I'm not there, Eric, I just want to let you know. Can't put him up. I cannot put him up. <laughs> Do not put him on. He's no okay?
1: not here tonight.
2: <laughs> but he can. He can eat in the
0: restaurant. He is authorized. He's allowed to eat, to eat in the restaurant? I don't. I, listen. I, I. Even though that's
2: not Eric's call, as a theoretic, as a uh, hypothetical. Uh, I don't I don't even know legally what the uh, I don't want a meeting in the restaurant. I don't know. But I I, I
3: definitely feel like. Can
0: you can you can, can he can dis- you can you give him a disguise? You can uh, eat I, here, I, but you got to wear this. I don't uh,
3: know legally
2: what our rights are about turning people away, actually, to tell you the truth. And um, that's a tough one because. Um, in principle, like in an, like, remember, they asked Mike Dukakis, you're too young, but Mike Dukakis was running for president. And they uh, he said he's against the death penalty. And he's like, He's the first guy I ever voted for, Mike. And they said, uh, well, if you're if you're you're saying if your wife and daughter were raped and killed, you'd be against <laughs> the death penalty. And he goes, Yep, I'm against the death penalty. And it tanked him in the election. Like, people were like, you, You're not supposed to say that. Like, but he was just saying what he was saying was, like, if I'm against the death penalty, then I have to be against the death penalty, even if it's something horrible, with my own family. He was trying to be consistent. And people didn't respect that. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to be consistent. I do think that free people ought to be able to do commerce and society in public. They should be able to go into a store, go into a restaurant, rent a car, whatever it is. And I, and I, so
3: TMZ is going to pick this up. Yeah, says, but, but so, so you understand, Welcome like, in restaurants. I, I
2: just I don't think it would be a good idea that there's pressure now to My you know, people. And say This person can do no business with anybody. Right? Can't into well, I can't go a
0: restaurant, He's not coming to the restaurant But because he's not you don't have the jello pudding. <laughs> okay, <you laughs> but have I don't jello pudding in
2: there. But, uh, so, but when push came <laughs> to shove, um, would I would I try to keep him out? I might. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't please. I, no Bill Cosby in my life. I don't need this. What about just new joke night? <laughs> well that's up to will sylvan's that's not he hasn't done comedy in a while you i believe that will would probably want to put him on and he'd stay on stage with him and i don't know i shouldn't say that but i don't, uh, know. Well, I don't know maybe we wants. should have okay. will or some
0: of these other okay. guys is, is the guy here you got yeah. the intro
2: yeah. i got the. well hold on now let me get the intro i want to get it right i want to get it right because it's way, kind it's of my about this side of my makes my shoulders look i love my shoulders look almost as big as eric newman's but i'm and i'm like i'm wimpy but look at that does that mean you're calling me wimpy no, it's no. I'm saying like it's something about the size. It's side the uh, camera at yeah, ten pounds. Ca- camera distortion makes me look almost almost masculine.
0: Okay, David Buss, <laughs> are you there? Where is he?
3: We'll we'll see him when he's.
0: No, I'm very excited about this guest. I don't know much about him, but but don't no, I'm that. excited.
4: Okay, so here I am. David Bus, <laughs> how do you do? That's hey.
0: Well,
2: you had Hi, a bit David. of an echo in there. Oh, sorry. I don't know if you could. Um, oh. No, that sounds <laughs> like that, That's not as that's an acoustic. Guy. It's okay. You so, you sound um, godlike. <laughs> let me, I, let me, I, I try. Uh, can you turn him up a little bit
0: in the in the booth there? Let me uh, give let, you a proper introduction, David, because our raw dog <clears throat> listeners may not know who you are. David Buss, everybody, professor of psychology at UT Austin, which by the way, my nephew just graduated. I don't know if he was in any of your classes or not. And he was also taught at Harvard and the University of Michigan. This guy's all over. Yeah, this guy's a big, big deal. And considered the world's leading expert, leading expert on strategies, strategies of human mating. And one of the founders of the field of evolutionary psychology. He's got a string of books that you can find online, including The Evolution of Desire and The Dangerous Passion, Why Jealousy is as Necessary as Love and Sex. That sounds like a good one. It Please is. welcome to our podcast, uh, David Buss, everybody. Yeah. Thank,
4: thank you. Uh, hey, glad to be here chatting with you, Matt.
0: It's, that's an accent of some sort that I. Is that Canadian by any chance?
4: No, no. no. Uh, uh, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh. Oh,
1: right. uh, Midwest. Very pilot accent. voice. Like you have, like, like, it seems like you can be like a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. So, so let's get into it. So, Periel, you're not going to like this at all.
3: No, that's what
2: I'm here for, right? (laughs) Because um, maybe she will. Well, let's see. Mr. (laughs) Bus has written a book essentially. I'm going to encapsulate my own, but obviously you're probably going to correct me saying that um, most of the differences between men and women are inborn and and uh, genetic. And most of those differences are kind of the cliche differences that we have always thought they were. Is that, is that kind of correct, sir?
4: Well, I, uh, that's not the way I would characterize it, but yeah, uh, I, but <laughs> yeah I think there are, yeah, there are fundamentally evolved sex differences and uh, the notion that sex differences, when it comes to mating psychology and sexual psychology, uh, they're profound uh, and they're evolved and the notion that somehow these are arbitrary cultural constructions is just um, uh and not supported by the evidence, let's say.
2: So so let's take one of the uh, the topics that we've debated here. And I got a lot of flack for this on this show. Um, I've always, for whatever reason, felt that when Mm a um, male teacher had had uh, an affair with a a young student, a high school student. That that was traumatic in a way which I just didn't imagine that the male student would be traumatized if his female teacher um, had sex with him.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely fair enough. I mean, because um, men recognize, and even in cases, I I follow those cases, those high school cases where there's a teenage guy who has sex with a very attractive high school teacher. Uh, The other guys are congratulating him. Um, and, uh, And, you know, this boils down to one of the most fundamental evolved sex differences in our sexual psychology, which is... Captured by the phrase desire for sexual variety. Uh, that is that as men have a larger variety, a, a desire for a variety of sex partners, larger number of sex partners, they let less time elapse, they're more comfortable with casual sex, uh, sex with no emotional involvement, no commitment, uh, no entanglement, et cetera. Uh, and, and these things, I mean, they they play out in across every culture across the globe uh, and they cause a lot of havoc. I think it's it's actually a terrible thing that these sex differences exist. I mean, the world would be a more harmonious place if men and women were identical in their sexual desires.
0: So, and, and this gets very interesting because the law more harmonious but nobody would get anything done.
4: <laughs> uh, uh, well, yeah yeah possibly yeah well sex sex is a driving force for getting things done though I mean, men especially are willing to do uh, go through hell and high water to get uh, sexual access so so
2: so what i find interesting and, and nobody's quite worked it out so because the law uh insists on pretending that none of this is true they insist on pretending the law insists on pretending that or pretending is is not the word I should use. The law insists on representing that it doesn't matter which direction these things happen. Now, feminism has always stood for the idea that women can do anything that men can do, and exactly the same as men. And yet, time and time again, in the news, with Me Too things, well, but I think with, even a feminist- hold, hold on, I'll with think. Me Too things, things like that. There is always the feeling that somehow there is a protectiveness going on of women. This this guy uh, uh, touched this woman. This guy tried to kiss this woman. None of these things like if, if a male, if a man said she tried to kiss me, we would not as a society really react like, oh, my God, that must have been awful for you. But when it happens to woman, we do actually. And I'm actually I'm actually have always been comfortable with that because I'm kind of sexist, I guess. And the fact that I do think that men and women are different and I do think it's different when the male boss tries to kiss the the woman than the other way. Yeah, but the it, law it, refuses to recognize
4: yeah, that. Yeah, ex- it, it, exactly. If I could if I could answer your question, so uh, a perfect example is the sexual harassment laws. So the sexual harassment laws are written according to the what's called the reasonable person standard, but uh, it turns out that exactly the same pattern of sexual behavior. So leering, touching, grabbing, cornering, uh, things that that men are more prone to do, especially some subtypes of men, um, would a reasonable person view these as harassing? Uh, And the sexes differ on that. Women are more likely to identify exactly that same pattern of conduct as more harassing than reasonable men. So so what this means is, and, and, and these are very consistent findings, what this means is, is a reasonable person standard adequate? Uh, and I argue exactly not, uh, because in fact, sexual harassment. Uh, most of the perpetrators are men, and most of the victims are women. Uh, and so, you know, when when women get in positions of power in the workplace, they tend not to sexually harass men the same way that men or some men sexually harass women. So, uh, so, so what it is is this sex neutral law which is is, its intention is noble but it results in harming precisely the half of the population that is most victimized by sexual harassment so so uh so i argue that that the science of our sexual psychology probably should be reflected in our laws and policies around things like sexual harassment and sexual assault
2: I agree. The irony is that, like, I want to say, listen, men are creepy and dangerous and can't be trusted. And I think the law should be grown up and rec- and rec- and recognize that and societal norms ought to recognize that. And then. Feminists will say, "How can you say such a thing? We're just as creepy and dangerous as you
4: are." <laughs> well, I'm like, well, okay, but, I'm
2: sorry, forgive me. I didn't mean to offend you by saying uh, you we're creepy.
4: <laughs> okay, but 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 it's important to identify that it's not all men. And so, my book, uh, you know, when men behave badly, is not a male bashing book. Uh, it, all men are not creeps. All men are not rapists. All men are not sexually harassers. What we have identified in in my book is the subset of men who are most likely to be sexual harassers and sexual coercers. That is men who are high in what we call the dark triad personality traits, narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy, combined with a dispositional pursuit of the short-term mating strategy. You get those that, that those four elements combined and uh, a small subset of men are serial sexual harassers oh, a, no. or incoercers.
0: Maybe just define those terms: a uh, Machiavellian, a uh, psychopathy, and, and um,
4: narcissism. Yeah, sure. So uh, narcissism,
0: uh, I think everyone knows what that means. But the other well, one,
4: they... well, well, not everyone. But but narcissism is actually a really interesting personality variable. In that, yeah, yeah, uh, most people have an intuitive sense of what that means. So these are people who have a grandiose sense of self. They think uh, if they're male, they think they're, they're God's gift to women. They they over. Uh, they have an inflated view of their own intelligence, attractiveness, and desirability uh, to women. Um, and, uh, and importantly though, they, they feel a sense of entitlement and that includes sexual entitlement. So, and that, so that's narcissism. Machiavellianism uh, are people who, who pursue what I call a, um, an exploitative social strategy. So these are the liars, the cheaters, the deceivers, Etc. cetera. Um, and then psychopathy is a personality trait and these are normally distributed uh, where one of the hallmarks is a lack of empathy. So most normal human beings, when someone gets hurt or, or a dog gets hit by a car or a child skins his or her knee, we feel compassion for the pain that they are experiencing. Psychopaths do not, they, they might laugh when someone gets hurt, they, it's like the, the empathy circuit that is characteristic of most normal humans is absent in psychopaths. You, so you combine this dark triad, these dark triad traits with a short term mating strategy, and this small minority of men commit the vast majority of acts of sexual harassment and sexual coercion.
2: Now, what about, I'm gonna I wanna let, let get, see what Periel has to say about all this, but what about this? And don't take this the wrong way, I'm, I'm just gonna repeat something that's out there. I'm agnostic on it, but it's, it, it's very common that if a man is very promiscuous, people say, oh, that you know, he's he's the man. He's, it's like a he's a healthy dude. But if a woman is very promiscuous, people speculate that she's damaged in some way. She has father issues, that, that something is wrong under the hood that would lead a woman. It's like slut shaming, right? That would that would lead a woman to want to go have a different sex partner every night. What what about that?
4: Yeah, so so that's a, that's a good point. And I discussed that at some length in the book under the topic of sexual double standards. So, yes, there is a male versus female sexual double standard where males are given a pass for even things like uh, infidelity. He cheated on his wife. Well, it's, you know, um, there, there was a movie, I can't remember the name of it, uh, but he said, he said, my hormones, it's my hormones, it made me do it. I got a lot of hormones, so um, and and of course, you know, there's something to that, but there's also uh, something not to that. Uh, But but there's another sexual double standard that I talk about in the book, uh, which is the me versus the sexual double standard. So okay, if I do X, if I have a little oral contact with someone else, but not if my partner does. And it turns out this me versus the sexual level standard that women are very similar to men in holding that me versus the sexual level standard. So there actually are multiple sexual level standards and it's not just men versus women, but you are correct in your observation. Uh, We've shown this cross-culturally that women um, Sustain greater reputational damage as uh, from exactly the same pattern of sexual conduct that men do. But
2: but, but is there is is there also a grain of truth to the idea that if a woman is is highly promiscuous, that maybe maybe that maybe that indicates, uh, you know, a sadness or some some sort of psychological issue that it doesn't indicate in, in a man?
4: or is Well, that, yeah, well that, that's that's been a widespread belief. But a recent study published by some colleagues of mine show that that's not the case. That is that there are um, I mean, of course, if you get psychologically damaged men and women who pursue a short term mating strategy. Uh, but there's no evidence, for example, that women who pursue a short term mating strategy in my language um, suffer from lower self-esteem than women who pursue a long term mating strategy.
0: uh, uh, Dave, what if a woman said to you, she was say 25 years old, she said that she's had 200 partners. She's not a prostitute. She's just had 200 partners. And a man that's 25 years old said, uh, I've had 200 partners. What would you say in each case in terms of how you would view that?
3: Hurry up and go get an HIV test.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, Yeah, well, uh, yeah, Yeah. that's a wildly uh, above average for men or or women. But the here here, and this boils down to an issue that you raised at the very beginning, which is evolved sex differences in our sexual psychology. Uh, And that is that a man who is able to have 200 sex partners um, is a man who is either very high in status or he's one charming dude, you know? Uh, whereas a woman will have no trouble, a woman could go out uh, it, within three weeks and have 200 sex partners if she <laughs> wanted to. A man can't unless they have certain qualities associated with status or charm.
2: Well, so just that very, that very fact shows that if, if a man and woman have the same number of sex partners, a normal number of sex partners. That means that the woman has been actually foregoing a lot of sex where the man may have been having 100 percent of the sex that he could.
4: Well, well, <laughs> you know what I mean, Cause, well, you yeah. putting
2: down sex all the time.
4: It, well, well, yeah, but 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 um, women have a, a lower desire for sexual variety, meaning a variety of different sex partners.
0: But didn't you right. didn't you just say that um right, take it easy, Dan? <clears throat> you know, no, I'm just saying, didn't you courtroom. just say when Noam asked <clears throat> you, Uh, if there is if if a promiscuous woman would be more likely to be damaged than a promiscuous man. And you said forgive me for the word damage. When I said I'm agnostic, I really mean I'm agnostic
4: about this. I'm trying to. I mean, But, but
0: didn't you say that actually your colleagues have discovered that that's not the case, that a promiscuous woman is not necessarily damaged?
4: Yeah, that's correct.
0: But you're also saying that women have less desire for variety
4: on average. So these are on average sex differences. So um, and, and that's an important qualifier. So yeah, there are 10% of women who pursue a short term mating strategy and they are very, to use the cliche, very male-like in their sexual psychology.
0: Okay, so but uh, so you're saying those women are not necessarily um, mentally they're not, ill, they're yeah, just, yeah, no, they're just no. outliers on the variety yeah, scale.
4: Yeah, that, that's right. Or, or have a more yeah, male-like sexual psychology.
2: So I used to I used to make an observation. Maybe I did this in college, even that when like a couple wasn't working out and they would agree to see other people. And my observation was that the man would go out (laughs) and and see other people and the woman would have agreed that she would also see other people at the same time. But basically, the woman would still see only this guy and she would just kind of cry about it. But I would just notice right away that the the woman would agree to it because she kind of had to. Yep. But really, I always often felt like she was just trying to hold on to the guy and the guy would go out and, and have his way. Is that is right? That- right. So,
4: so that's a signal of uh, what I call in the book, mate value discrepancy. So if the guy's higher in mate value than the woman, then you know, women will allow the guy to do things. And polyamory is another example of exactly that, uh, where women will go along with that in order to keep the guy. Yeah, well, uh, well- but we, maybe, hear uh, from
0: Eric. we we do need to hear it from Eric because he is a coxman of the
2: highest this a stud I, I, right I, here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not where I wanted this to go at all. But, but uh and <laughs> he's damaged, he's a rare combination. I'm definitely
1: damaged. <laughs> that's that's okay. more better too. But uh, I wanted to explore. Well, first of all, I was just gonna second what Gnome said because I was gonna bring this up right before he said it. I went through a breakup, I was in a six-year relationship and I got caught cheating. It was sexting, it wasn't you know the highest uh degree of cheating, but uh but uh, my ex uh, slept with somebody within the first month of us breaking up. I was I knew I had I knew this was going to happen continuously, so I didn't fight for the relationship. I definitely could have saved it, and I decided to pull back. And so she like slept with someone and then called me and told me about it, which is like okay, clearly you're not doing this for the sex. You're doing this to tell me about you having sex. So that was very clear. And I also wanted to sort of explore this idea of sexual harassment and creepiness. Obviously, sexual harassment is more of the I guess definition. Uh, definitive term and creepiness is more of a loose, I guess, nickname. But how much of creepiness, because I, I talk to a buddy of mine about this all the time, how like, it's hard to put a percentage on it or whatever, but from my experiences, it seems to me like women tend to use the word creepy when they're being hit on by either someone who they don't want to be hit on by right or in a scenario where it's just uncomfortable, the, you know, the woman knows the guy's married, or right,
4: right. or so. So the first class is uh, what I would call low mate value guys. So uh, and women are more easily sexually disgusted than men. This is another sex difference. I mean, huge magnitude of the effect. Um, and um, yeah, so so women, on average, again, this is an on average prefers sex within the context of a meaningful relationship. Uh, Whereas men are more comfortable, in contrast to most women, with impersonal sex with no context, no involvement, no psychological entanglement. And so so the creep factor, though, is is basically low mate value guys. So so one example that I talk about in the book is uh, we did a study where Okay, a guy makes persistent sexual advances, even though the woman says no. Um, but the guy is we vary is the guy a janitor, uh, a rock star, uh, you know, a, a, a boss, a colleague, etc. And what we find is that the the status of the guy, the job he holds, affects that creep factor. So if he's a janitor, women are more repulsed than if he's a rock star, for example. Uh, so um, yeah, uh, but, but this gets to the issue of women's preferential mate choice or selectivity. Women are just more selective when it comes to sex than men, um, and this is a fundamental principle. This goes back to Darwin's theory of sexual selection.
2: Can we can present we, company excluded period?
0: Can we, by the way, bring it around because <laughs> we are a comedy club? So
4: <laughs> if we can bring things around to comedy,
0: that's always a plus. Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody says that women love funny men. Is it true, or do women uh, like men that are successful comedians because they're successful, or is it the funniness itself that's attractive? And if so, well, why?
4: Okay, well, that's a great question. It depends in part on the type of funniness. So, if, I mean, if it's uh, foolish, clownish, whatever, uh, not as good. But, but the ability to make other people laugh is actually an absolutely uh, fascinating thing and it signals one mind reading ability okay that is your uh sorry i got a okay. spam call uh mind reading ability so to make someone else laugh you have to be able to put yourself in their psychological mind frame and know what's going to tickle their funny bone. uh second social verve okay uh, men who are willing and able to command the attention of the group and risk take to put themselves out there to make other people laugh, that's also a status cue. Uh, and so a lot of humor is, uh, c- combines um, uh, it, intelligence, mind reading ability, uh, and, and the ability to command the attention of the group. And these are things that women find very attractive. But but of course, it depends on the type of humor. So uh, I don't know, uh, like Woody Allen type humor is probably not as uh, attractive as, uh, I, I don't know, Richard Pryor or Chris Rock type type humor.
0: But but Woody got I mean, among the people that were into Woody, he I mean, Mia Farrow is no was no dog. And,
1: uh, and <laughs> Keaton, Woody yeah. you
0: know, he he, and I'm, he got a lot of women yeah, in those it, days.
1: Doesn't yeah, it, it yeah, depend yeah. on whether you prefer black black dudes or Jews more? Doesn't does <laughs> Isn't it all come down to that?
4: Well, I, I think it, it, in Woody Allen's case, though, uh, he had uh, the qualities that I just mentioned. I mean, he was he was uh, was and is to some degree uh, a successful movie maker. He has high status. He has high resources and he has the ability to make other people laugh. Uh, so
3: that's a good job. He even got his daughter to have sex with him, <laughs> but not the most
2: attractive daughter.
3: Fair oh enough. oh whoa, whoa, sorry. Whoa, 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 what the hell is the matter with you? <laughs> right, sorry,
2: sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right. So uh, I have a uh, I have two more questions. And then I want to ask some questions. I have two quick questions. So, again, I'm agnostic about this. I'm actually interested in the if there's data on it. I've heard it said that um, adopted girls tend to be more promiscuous. Is there anything is there any truth to that?
4: Um, I I, I don't know of any 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 scientific evidence on that question. Okay. and Uh, I don't I don't know why that would be the case, but
2: I heard it somewhere once. Um, yeah. the next question from, from is Woody that,
3: Allen, maybe. No. Um.
2: the The next question is this: What can you tell us about the difference between pedophilia and what's the other word? Aphib- aphibophilia? So, so like you have you have men who are attracted to young prepubescent girls. They're pedophiles, right? And now, and this wasn't always the case. Now, there's a very very strong social norm that a man who a, an older man who has sex with a 16 year old or a 17 or 15 year old developed young girl is they'll they'll call him a pedophile, but really he's is a creep more than a pedophile. But he's a creep by today's standards. But um, for instance, when Woody Allen did the movie Manhattan, which depicted him as a uh, like late 30, 40, 40 year old, having yeah. a 17 year old girlfriend. Right. of all the criticisms of that movie, nobody at the time said, how could he have I a 17 year old girl? It was kind of like she, she, was, really, she was
3: 17, that's
4: she was 17 way. in the movie. I watched yeah, she was, about- she was high, in high school. Yeah, in high the school. Movie, and, yeah.
2: And people were like, OK, well, that's that's a storyline. They didn't say how dare he. Right. So what does the science tell us about that? Is pedophilia an actual condition? And the other one that's the way I see it. that pedophilia is actually like something. It's a different sexual preference that may people may have no choice about. And the other one is that we just learned that psychologically, this is a bad idea. So we have a very strong social norm that even though she might be a fully developed woman, she's just too young. It's not. It's not a good thing. Yeah,
4: yeah. I, I think that I mean it's an important distinction. Prepubescent, um, it is a psychological disorder. Right. So attraction to females or, or males who are prepubescent—that's uh, a psychological disorder. Um, and um, unfortunately, it's, it's, a, um, it's a disorder that is very difficult to cure. Uh, and so there tend to be recidivists as they, as in, in the language that they use, so uh, repeat offenders. Uh, attraction to postpubescent cues that are associated with youth and fertility it is very common across cultures. So uh, in the Yanomamo, for example, in South America, uh, females hit puberty 13, 14, 15, uh, and they tend to get married as soon as they hit puberty. Uh, and so, of course, sex happens at, uh, at that time. So, so I think that your, your distinction between pedophilia and attraction to post-pubescent females is an important distinction. Yeah. Of OK, course-
3: but they do that in in many countries. I mean, all over the world, they're marrying off 12 year old girls to 40 year old men.
2: Well, I, I was just going to say, I hope nobody takes it from me saying it's OK. Right. I, well, I don't right. I don't
3: think. But I mean, it's insane it is, just because yeah. they're doing it doesn't make it OK. <laughs> yes, you see. Yes. Right. That's
4: said. right, right. right. <laughs> and, and, and I think this is this is a, an important distinction yeah. between um, what men are attracted to and what are morality or ethics or values tell us we should do well
1: that that was like that louis i I don't mean was i cutting you off No, go ahead I, i don't mean to like bring louis bit into this or whatever but louis has a bit that's a brilliant bit about like you know and i think there was even like books about this or whatever like if you're attracted to underage you know boys or girls or whatever like and you don't do it and you don't take that impulse or don't take that urge and you hold back like you you should get the most credit, right? Because like oh god what, Eric. What, no, no no I'm serious <laughs> well, that, that, <laughs> was Louis he... that was Louie's
0: joke. That was his joke. Okay, go ahead. Because,
1: because here's the thing, right? Like I, I'm attracted thankfully to any to not anyone. I'm attracted thankfully to only people who are legal, right? Only women who are over a Le- legal and underweight. <laughs> <laughs> but but my urge for what I'm attracted <clears throat> to is a very strong urge. And it's and it exists throughout the day. And it's strong. <laughs> <laughs> OK, no, sorry, I don't want to sound like a creepier, but I'm just being honest. So, yeah. so if somebody has that level of attraction, an intense level of attraction towards something that's illegal, morally wrong, illegal, whatever, like.
3: They should be euthanized <laughs> or castrated <laughs> or just, chemically just castrated. a great deal of
1: discomfort to deal with on a minute to minute
3: basis. Right. I and think. that's what they do. Like, they chemically castrate well, a lot of those. Do people. you do you
0: oh. concur that chemical castration uh, is the appropriate solution?
4: Well, I, I don't have an appropriate solution, but I think there's a, a, the the issue that you raise is the distinction between desire and expressing it in actual behavior. Um, we desire a lot of things. You know, uh, if we expressed all of our desires, including sexual impulses and homicidal impulses, the world would be a, a, a crazy state, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, for, for, for every... For every sexual desire, for every homicidal impulse, um, you know, there are, we have thousands of these for every one that are uh, that, that is expressed, and so fortunately we inhibit the expression of those desires in in behavior. Um, so uh, so that's an important distinction, and you know, and that's partly where morality and ethics and values come in. Okay, but what I would say is that um, there is a way in which men suffer. And and you, I'm sure you've all heard of this phrase, the rage of the incels, the Never involuntary involuntarily celibate guys. And part of that is that there are women who provoke their desires by their mere existence, but yet they can't they can't act on it because women are not interested in them. They're they're below in their subpar in mate value from women's perspective. Uh, and so uh, but even with uh, men who are somewhat attractive to women and, and successful, they still experience um, desires. So, so I got this email a couple of days ago from an 85-year-old guy who said, you know, my brain punishes me uh, because every time a woman passes by or I pass by a woman, I evaluate her on her sexual attractiveness. This guy's 85, probably hasn't gotten laid in decades. Huh. Uh, uh, but still he has this feature of his brain that punishes him for desires that can never be expressed. Wow.
0: So I by I, the I, way, I... I spent much of the 80s as a, <laughs> as a <himself>. <laughs> <laughs> and my standards were pretty low at the time it
2: didn't really help out. But there is. But but uh, rage. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. A lot of these serial i mean, uh, mass shooters seem to be low quality mates, correct?
4: Uh, well, well, we're guys who are spurned or rejected by women. So so Ted Bundy is a perfect example of that. He was rejected by a woman who was he perceived to be high in status. And and he had this intense rage. Uh, but but I'll tell you, this goes back, you know, the 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 band. You guys might be too young to remember this. There's a band called The Doors. Okay. Uh, and a guy yeah, called Jim Morrison. Okay, okay. But anyway, he had this lyric. Where, Ariel
2: just slept with a uh, Manzarak. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go
4: ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, he this lyric, uh, women seem wicked when you're unwanted. And so this is like Jim yes, Morrison.
2: That's
0: a beautiful lyric because it's so true.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. men Men who are... Uh, rejected by women and, and the uh, the Santa Barbara shooter, uh, or the I guess the Isla Vista shooter, as he was called to killed, I think six people wrote that exact thing in his manifesto, you know, that, that ever since I hit puberty, there are all these women uh, that I desire, they have no attraction to me, but yet they sleep with these other guys who I think are assholes. Um, so, Yeah. So so uh, sexual rejection does provoke rage in some men.
0: Now, now what we're getting at, what this is all leading to is the fact that there cannot possibly be a God who would. (laughs) I mean, who would design a world like we're describing, where where there's men that can't get laid, where men, women and men have no compatibility in terms of their as you had said earlier, what a better world it would be if men and women were more similar in their sexual um, desires, uh, this, this is, this is an absolute, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a, a pandemonium down here yeah. on planet earth.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, but, but the causal process that created these sex differences in our sexual psychology is the evolutionary process. Right. But sexual... like an
0: intelligent an intelligent designer wouldn't come up with this mayhem. Pro-
4: prob- probably not. <laughs>
2: Can you explain to Periel, um, uh, and speak slowly <laughs> what, how, how it is that evolution, had, has um, made us this way and why I've tried to I've tried to explain this. To I'm going to start
3: explaining a few things in a couple of seconds. OK, let
2: him go ahead. Go ahead. Uh,
4: well, well, so it, 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 it starts with the evolution of sexual reproduction itself. And, and this is something most people are not aware of. But sexual reproduction uh, is something that's it's, it's one to two billion years old. Uh, But we evolved from asexual organisms. So asexual reproduction was around for about two and a half billion years before sexual reproduction evolved. Once sexual reproduction evolves, you have two sexes and the sexes are defined by the size of the gametes. That is the males are defined in the human case as the ones with the, the small gametes uh, There's uh, basically a small packet of sperm with an outboard motor, you know, designed to, you know, get up to the valuable egg. Females are designed as the one defined as the one with the large gametes, the nutrient rich eggs. And so you find in the human case, these fundamental sex differences in our reproductive biology, which start with the sperm and the egg, and then they extend to the uh, profound obligatory investment that you need to produce one child, which is nine months in the case of women, it's one act of sex, the minimum. Fortunately, men often do more than the minimum. Uh, But this is a vast difference. And so from an evolutionary perspective, it would be astonishing if you found these sex differences in our reproductive biology, our reproductive anatomy, our reproductive physiology, and no corresponding sex differences in our mating strategies, uh, and in fact, we do find the corresponding sex differences in our mating strategies. So, so it all ultimately stems from this uh, division of sexual reproduction and the asymmetry in investment.
2: Well, wow. which which is why women would be tend to be less promiscuous
4: than men. Right, right, right. The cost. I mean, the co- I- the, yeah, sorry.
3: No, 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 but go ahead. I'll, you know, I'll- I was just
4: gonna say the, the costs of making a bad sexual decision are much steeper for women than, than they are for men. So you, you you go on a Tinder date, you hook up and next morning you realize oh, that was really a bad decision. Well, uh, at least ancestrally for a man, it was um, low co- a low cost situation. In fact, a reproductive opportunity from a woman's perspective, she might be stuck if she got pregnant with a guy with inferior genes, meaning like, say, for example, genes for bad health or high mutation load or schizophrenia in his family line, uh, or a guy who's not going to invest in her and her children. So so, it, so the cost-benefit structure of making good and bad sexual decisions are different for men and women.
2: Are you getting a lot of flack for this book? This seems like a, a, a kind of thing that would... At this particular point in history, it would get you in a lot of trouble. Are you getting? Yeah, that? yeah, not
4: not not so far. Um, not yet. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, not, just, yeah Wait yeah, a second, yeah, Professor yeah, yeah, Bus. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> wait a second. So maybe I will get into trouble very soon. But it's actually gotten very positively reviewed. I, um, you know, I I bend over backwards in the book to say that I'm trying to describe sex differences in our mating psychology from a scientific perspective with the available evidence for that and the available theory that we have, which is distinct from endorsing it as a moral uh, inj- injunction or an ethical perspective. So there's that is ought fallacy, the naturalistic fallacy as it's called, which we which we absolutely need to avoid. And I think actually ignoring the sex differences is harmful to women. You know, even though it's been a kind of a pillar of, um, some political ideologies, it's actually harmful to the 50% of the population that is most harmed by sexual violence.
0: What society benefit, do you think, from a less severe attitude toward female promiscuity? We are talking earlier that some women are promiscuous and there's nothing wrong with it, that's how they are. Would we benefit from a sex-positive attitude as opposed to a slut-shaming attitude?
4: Well, uh, I. I well, my guess is is the answer is probably yes. Uh, but what's interesting, and my research and others have shown this as well, is that women are um, equal participants with men in the slut-shaming uh, domain. So women derogate other women uh, on precisely these issues. And so uh, it's not. It's not just that men are doing it; that women are equal participants in that. And so, and part of it, it has to do with sexual competition. You know that 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 from a male perspective, men are the primary reproductive competitors with other men, and women are with other women. And so, and so that's why notions of uh, you know uh, you know males somehow being united in their interest in oppressing women is a misguided uh, formulation from an evolutionary perspective. It can't happen. Men are in competition primarily with other men.
3: Well, I mean, there's no end to internalized self-hatred. I mean, the word promiscuity doesn't exist um, other than in re- as it relates to a woman's sexual behavior, right? So I think that In addition to what you're saying, I mean, there seems to be something very important that's being left out, which is the fact that we are socially conditioned from the time we're born, that this sort of behavior is acceptable for, and also I think it's important that we're talking about, I think, cisgender heterosexual behavior um, and nothing else is even, I don't, I mean, I'm not talking about your book. I'm just saying in terms of the judgments of these behaviors. So there is an acceptable form of behavior for one and then another form of behavior for another. So, I mean, I, I, I didn't study um, psychology, but I did spend a good deal of time studying. Promiscuous gen- yeah, <laughs> being <laughs> promiscuous and um, studying gender <laughs> studies. So... I uh,
2: uh, uh, Phil, Philip Roth turned her down and this is one of the most she, she, she was feeding Philip Roth cherries. No,
3: Philip Roth was feeding me cherries. Feeding her
2: cherries and then he wouldn't he wouldn't follow through and, yeah, and this has been a, this has shaped her.
3: But it did you know it was a good chapter for my last book so I'm not yeah. complaining too much. Um, but but that does seem to be entirely left out of this conversation. Well, well this is a, go ahead. Go ahead, sir.
4: Yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to say it's not left out of the conversation, but we have to ask the deeper question. Where do these um, values or social norms come from?
3: OK, you
4: know, so why is it the case that, for example, women do as much slut shaming as men do?
3: I just said, you know, in, I mean, why are there self-hating no, Jews?
4: Well, no, no, it's not. The, the answer is that 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 from an evolutionary perspective, women are sexual competitors with other women. Uh, you don't, men are, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, and men are sexual competitors with other men. And so, and so they're they're implementing a strategy that is that is self interested. You, you know, saying that it's um, you know socially conditioned doesn't really doesn't really get you anywhere because you have to ask why do these norms exist Uh, and and sexual selection theory provides the answer to those questions but
3: things that are but things that are norms are also social constructs
4: well well partly but not entirely so gender
3: binary is a social construct i mean there have been many other genders in all different cultures throughout the history of the world don't do that we all do this no don't do that because number one it's rude and number two i'm right you're not right i what? am right go ahead go ahead and what about intersex people i mean i know well, it's a small percentage biologically speaking but it exists and it's important and it's relevant I'll let him answer go ahead uh,
4: okay so so from uh, if you're an evolutionary biologist or a biologist, as I said before, sex is defined by the size of the sex cells. So there are two and only two sexes uh, in sexually reproducing species. Um, and inter- intersex is a different condition. It's a developmental condition that is um, partly a result of uh, a, a different uh, hormonal bath that uh, that the, the the individual develops in, but biologically, you can identify whether they're male or female by the size of the sex cells. Developmentally, are there um, deviations from the um, from from the binary? Absolutely, uh, but but the, uh, that doesn't really call into question the fundamental difference. So, so I would say absolutely yes. I'm describing. You know the ninety nine point five percent of individuals uh, in in among humans, uh, and and not not explaining these other conditions.
2: Well, I mean, I think the social construct thing. I have a couple of things I want to say, but the social construct thing seems <clears throat> to me to just not hold up. And and one of the obvious examples to me, although maybe there's something I'm missing, is that if you see a very young boy acting like a woman, very feminine, people will say, oh, I think maybe he's trans. But if it's just a social construct, you say, what do you mean? Why would he be trans? He's just acting like a woman. What, what does that have? Wh- why would that be any indication that he's trans? Because the way you're think, acting is just a social
3: construct. I don't think that, in, that people would say that if you or, have- or,
2: or, or the or the the, the 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 contrary. is like if you saw a boy who was acting like like just all boy. Nobody would ever suspect them of being trans.
3: I, I don't I mean, I don't agree because, with what you're saying. I don't think uh, that's true. First of all, I know plenty of boys who are gay and are super well, even, macho. Even, and-
2: on, but even gay, it's very common in among in a gay world to have a lot of very feminine acting.
4: So, so, so if I could if I could just ju- jump in here Please. to the, the uh, in my view, I mean, saying something's a social construction is not really an explanation of anything. Okay, of course, you know the way we interpret the world is we interpret the world through our brains, through our psychology, and so forth. The issue is what are the causal origins of the phenomena that we are trying to explain? You know, so uh, saying it's a social construct. I mean, you could say everything is a social construct, but nothing's a social construct. So, in in my view, it doesn't it, saying invoking that label without specifying the causal process that you think led to that condition uh, or phenomenon doesn't really account for anything.
2: But she, she kind of she, I think she believes it's like we're just a clean slate. And the very concepts of femininity and masculinity don't exist, except that we've taught them to people.
4: Right. 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 And we know that, that we know that 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 blank slate position is is incorrect. Yeah.
2: Um, isn't that, isn't that really the way that it's so common now that science, people like you, we had Robert Plowman on, and there's all, science is finding out more and more that everything is just baked into us in one way or another, while at the simultaneously elite opinion is veering more and more towards the idea that everything is just uh, environmental and societal and we can just uh, um influence people to be differently in every aspect of themselves, and there there's a big conflict there it, it, it's as if one side just has their hands over their ears and is not listening to what the other side and their research is showing on a daily basis
4: yeah yeah so so i think there you know there, there is a there is a a c- conflict between certain ideologies and the scientific evidence you know bearing on those. Uh, bearing on those issues. so um, it, and, and it's been a little bit frustrating for me because the purpose that I set for myself in writing this book, Why, When Men Behave Badly, is precisely to reduce conflict between the sexes and specifically to eliminate sexual violence toward women, which is, I think, the, the most widespread human rights violation in the world because it occurs in every culture, uh, period. And it affects not only 50% of the population, but it affects everyone who cares about the women who are uh, victims of sexual violence. And from an evolutionary perspective, what sexual violence does is it bypasses female choice. And what I argue is like, you know, we, we say, you know, we should have freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of peaceful assembly. Uh, and what I argue is that, a fundamental human right should be freedom of sexual choice. You know that is the, that men and women should have the freedom to choose when, where, with whom, and under what circumstances they have sex. And male strategies, male evolved sexual strategies, sometimes attempt to bypass female choice. And so, and so in the book, I talk about sexual deception, intimate partner violence, stalking, sexual harassment, sexual coercion. All these are forms of sexual violence that bypass female choice. All
2: right, we got We got to wrap it up. I got to. I got to buy this book. My last question, and I'll go around the table real quick. Uh, given everything that you know, <clears throat> what would you tell a couples therapist uh, that they ought to be cognizant <laughs> of that that they probably are not learning in their therapy school? Like, it must give you some insight into marital
4: relations. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I would say read chapter three of my book. Uh, I have a 12-step recipe for evolutionary harmony between the sexes within within a long-term committed relationship.
2: Awesome. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great tease for the fire. The so, Dan, you have last question, Dan. Uh,
0: no, I, I don't think I have a last question, but if I come up with the last question, uh, well, they're asking their last I, question. I want
1: to well. ask this. I was unfaithful in my relationship, right? I sexted with somebody else. I was unfaithful. We broke up. I... I do not think it is right. I think you should one hundred percent be honest in relationship, whatever you want. I think you should be a hundred percent honest about it and and that big misstep is what cost me a lot of pain and grief and suffering and and suffering that I Get heard to the question' Get to the question My question is um I don't have
2: a question. You just feel better to get that off your <laughs> chest? <laughs> I feel a lot better than the same question. My question is,
1: did this just help me? Right,
4: right, 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 So, this, Hi, yeah, about that, this, yeah I, I do talk about sexual deception and, and, you know, men intentionally or unintentionally misleading women into believing that they are more invested, more involved, more psychologically or emotionally committed than they really are is a very common strategy. You
0: know, I've, I've often thought that it's interesting that from a moral standpoint, what could be more? Very few things are more immoral than telling a woman you love her and, and having sex with her and then saying, yeah, I just, you know, and, and not and not uh, and not meaning it. And yet it's it's uh, the, it's completely legal. You know, there, there's no law <laughs> against it, even <laughs> though it's far more immoral than m- many things, yeah. many things, yeah, it, yeah. It, it probably than. You know, if I walked up to Eric Newman and punched him, I mean, I don't pack much of a wallop, but theoretically, <laughs> you know, I that would be illegal. And yet telling a woman I love you and taking her to bed and then in the morning, be like beat it.
4: Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> well, that, that, that's why there's a distinction between morality and ethics and the strategies that men and women deploy.
2: Ariel, we, we didn't actually hear enough from you. I'm, I'm sorry about that.
3: No, no, it's fine. I the only my only um, thing that I want to say is that I categorically do not think that we start off as a blank slate. Okay. I mean, that that makes me sound like I really know nothing. And even though I know that you think that I don't I mean, want I, I don't I, want the professor. I, I don't to want to keep the that. professor.
2: But we had like one of the big arguments we had. Yeah. She she actually <clears throat> professor, she actually believes the following. She actually <laughs> believes this. That if I am a heterosexual man, it should not matter to me whether the woman whether the woman I sleep with has a penis or not. It should only matter to me that she identifies as a woman. And I've told her, actually, it's the opposite. I don't care whether the woman I'm sleeping with identifies as a man. (laughs) But she thinks She actually believes this crap. Like, and I'm like, no, that, what- that was,
3: you're, 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 I, yeah. you're praising. I totally is- disagree.
1: I literally, I, look, this happened to me recently. I was, uh, I was showing this, this, my buddy, a picture of this girl that I just, that I like, went on a date with. And he made the comment that, like, oh, she looks like she could be trans or whatever. And I, like, I, I, I feel bad that I did, but I kind of freaked out over it. Like, I was just like, oh, I don't, like, I can't help how things affect me. Like, I, I don't, and I also can make the choice about what I'm okay with.
2: Well what if you didn't whatever. know the whole basis of being heterosexual no. is that you're attracted to a female. Yeah. Well, but But I, I, whatever, whatever, whatever. Whatever. I submit that
0: if you're attracted to a woman with a penis, you're even more heterosexual. You love women so much
4: <laughs>
2: that you don't care if they got a penis. <laughs> anyway, okay. so that, that's what I'm up against. With. Anyway, do you ever get to New York? Uh,
4: I, I do. actually, before the pandemic, I mean I, I get to New York uh, usually a couple times a year.
2: Oh well, we would love to have you come down to the comedy cellar. Do you drink at all? Uh, absolutely. Uh, well, oh my God, what, he's what from a, Indiana. What kind of dumb question is that? <laughs> You'd be the best drinking partner ever. Uh, but I would love, I would love to invite you down to the club and see a show and and hang out and tell us. Yeah, tell, that'd I mean, be great, man. we then. really you're, think. you're a bourbon, <laughs> you're a bourbon man, and my name ain't Dan
0: Natterm. <laughs> all
4: right. Okay. So, well, let's let's let, let's do it, man. That would be a lot of fun. I, this pandemic has not been kind to the to the traveling issue. And I miss New York City.
2: Oh, that would be that would be fantastic. And there's a lot of we we have a lot of um, intellectuals, as it were people, writers and journalists and stuff who who hang out down here. I think you'd you'd really enjoy it. So anyway, thank you very, very much for coming out. Let me get the title of the book right. What's the title of the book?
4: It's uh, when men behave badly, the hidden roots of sexual deception, harassment and assault. Available. Just like the, the, the fun, the fun parts of human mating
2: <laughs> available everywhere. Fine. Books are sold. So thank you very much, professor. And okay. uh, I'm, I'm hopeful thank to you. See you in New York. Bye.
3: Yeah. Thank Brother you.
4: Nice OK, thank you. Great talking to you all. You as well, you too. So
2: I guess I guess we'll say maybe, um, you know, uh, I just I just want to um, exit him. And then or he could say, and listen, but but go ahead. Oh,
0: I saw it. Speaking of all this, all of what we're talking about, Jim Norton. I I, I never watch mm. comedians, right. uh, but it bores me. Yeah, but Jim Norton I find fascinating because he's doing something that other other comedians were doing. Most of us were doing shtick and jokes and well crafted jokes. In my case, I think, but <laughs> but but Jim is Jim is is just the raw honesty is is just something that you that most comics aren't doing. And he talks about well, the professor's still here. He talks about being attracted to trans women, and and actually he said I don't want to. Do his joke. But basically, what he he's trying to he poses the question, does that make me gay? And his answers is, is ambiguous in that regard. But uh, he, he's, he's saying, you know, you're you're well, again, I don't want to do his joke, but but um, he's tackling that very question, whether whether being attracted to trans women uh, makes makes him gay or not. And it's just sort of a fascinating. Uh, I mean, have
2: you have you seen him do do that? I, I've spoken to him about it. I asked him, also, I said, Jim, but but she's naked and naked. It's, you know, in, indistinguishable from a, ma- a man. Like, you know, she's just a man, a, 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 a naked person with a penis. I said, how is that not gay? And he says, you sound like me in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um,
3: that got Professor Buss out of oh, here he real, uh, really fast.
2: But yeah, listen, I don't well, I don't I'm, know if it's gay. And of course, I think we all agree. Who who cares? You do what You do whatever makes you happy. That's obviously um, we all believe. Everybody should do whatever they want.
3: I mean, I've tried yeah, to explain this a be- hundred times. It's not about your genitalia. It's yeah, that's, about- that's that- crazy talk. No, it's yeah, not. But, yeah, but let me ask you. Wait, can I ask you a question? Yeah.
1: Would I be judged? I think I would be judged by a fair number of people for saying, let's say the girl I was, I went on the date with was trans.
3: Yeah. Right?
1: And let's say she got an operation, didn't get an operation, whatever it is. Like, I think I would be judged by a large number of people if I didn't want to pursue dating her. But I'm allowed to pursue dating. Whoever you're
3: allowed to do whatever you want. But can I'm- I tell you why this
2: is crazy talk? So obviously crazy talk. What you're have saying, have you no-, yeah, no, have you noticed from an engineering point of view, the relationship between the penis and the vagina? Have you noticed anything? Is there anything any coincidence there to that? Like on I mean, the drawing I could board. Say, do you know like, it, I like, could
3: ask you the same thing about the penis and the
2: anus. But let's say they draw. Let's say they draw the penis first. Yeah, now what so we're gonna give this to the man. Now, let, let's see, let's see, let's get the engineers here. What should we give the woman? Well, why don't we give her the same thing? Uh, like, no, no that ridiculous. makes no sense because the penis is, is how is, the man's gonna be looking. What for about pleasure. the asshole? My, my point is that my point,
3: what about the anus?
2: Yeah, my yes, I understand what you're saying, but it's not relevant. My point is that the vagina is obviously created to be a self lubricating, perfect receptacle for the penis that's that's this was this and yet sometimes i prefer a hand i'll be honest (laughs) (laughs) and not only that but it also is the pathway to reproduction so to think that a man would not that the normal situation would be not be that of course he's attracted to a human with a vagina a because the vagina is actually created to receive the penis and b the human race wouldn't would discontinue what if about- not for that if if not for that attraction, the human race would not continue. This is crazy talk.
3: Okay, so what wh- what does that make? What does that do to blowjobs? I mean, you're you're too, too, uh, too toothy,
2: Too it's not the tooth. <laughs> uh, very few women can do that, right? I th- I think God beat himself up about the blowjob. He didn't what- see that coming, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the blowjob is like uh, the same thing when they, you know how like you give your you give your 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 kid a present, and he opens up the present. It's really expensive, and then he rather play with the box. Right. That's what God's like. It's like, <laughs> I gave you the vagina. Why are you playing with the, you're playing with the box, you idiot? Like The president is sitting there like I don't. I, I mean, anyway, that's you, you'll
3: catch on eventually. But you, you get you'll my, eventually you do come you, around. But
2: you don't get my point, obviously. No, it's, obviously, I don't it's get encoded. your point problem
3: with that last part of
1: your argument, though, is that that's the same thing that people say about gay couple, about a heterosexual, about a a, a get two men what about it that they'll be like oh well you know it's not it'll end the population if everybody well, if everybody like were like, gay it's like would. a
3: fundamentalist yeah. right wing christian without logic he's
2: not saying it's morally really? wrong he's yeah. saying if it, it to say that a man is attracted to a vagina is right wing fundamentals Christianity.
3: Have you lost your fucking mind? Well, when you're saying <laughs> when you're saying that, isn't it obvious that like God created the vagina? Well, he was kidding about God because he doesn't believe in God. evolutionarily receptacle. I'm saying what about anus? Like, what about anal sex?
0: Anal is not self- anal is not the perfect receptacle. Well, it'll I do in a pinch. A
3: lot of people who would respectfully disagree with you.
2: No, the anal- I
3: don't I don't like anal sex, so I, I don't even I like
2: understand what the, the anal sex point is. You can create you can create a, a an orifice of many kinds and, sounds, and, and satisfy a man's. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is that to think that the only reason a man prefers a human with a vagina as opposed to a human with a penis, you think that the critical thing is no, no, no. It's important what they're thinking a normal heterosexual man is attracted to the to the to the woman or the human who who is thinking their psychology they're thinking they're a woman they're, they're, they're identifying as a woman and that's what a man is supposed to be attracted to, as opposed to the obvious thing, which is we're attracted to each other's body parts. Okay, so
3: what about a post op trans woman who has a pussy and you wouldn't know the fucking difference?
2: Yeah, I might, you know what, give me a few drinks. I might, I mean, the knowledge, because the knowledge might still be well, know? What?
3: what if you didn't know?
2: Yeah, well, if I didn't know, I wouldn't yeah, know. If know if yeah. It went on for a know. year and did, then
3: you found out. I'll go would-
2: on record.
0: I'll be a man. I will be honest and say if I can't tell, uh physically even if i know intellectually that if, if i knew that somebody looks you know that, that looks beautiful and is a woman in every way but she has an xy chromosomes i would i wouldn't care no but um
3: uh, you know i mean that's the only thing that makes sense dan like that's the only logic that makes sense. Yeah, but, but i mean sense. you but
0: i've you also humped my could, pillow
1: you could you could <laughs> date like, why can't if like gay, if, if gay people are allowed to date whoever they want, like if we support the fact that gay people are allowed to date whoever they want, you know, and get married to whoever they want, but, why can't I have my own opinion about what I'm attracted to? Of and course Eric. You, Eric, you know how <laughs> stupid
2: what she said just was?
1: No, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, I, let me tell you why it's stupid. No, I, Let's say
2: Parallel says, I am not attracted to Noam at all or anybody who looks like Noam. And I say, well, what if Noam? Presented exactly like Brad Pitt, <laughs> <laughs> and you fucked him. Aha! Therefore, you are attracted like, to Noah. No, you feel like you're you attracted right to Brad not, Pitt. Do you feel not, like Brad Pitt right now? No, but I'm saying like if, if, I, if, I, if you if you get exactly that's your logic. Like if, yeah. I, if I if I if I could pretend if I could, if you could take a dude and give him a vagina, and by the way, and it was a perfect vagina, and you also you had no idea he was ever a dude. Uh Aha, you see, that's not not her point. That's making making my point. No,
3: no, you're saying that the (laughs) thing that you're attracted to is you don't care how somebody identifies, you want tits and pussy. That's what you just said.
1: Put it that way, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what you said. (laughs) Also, also, there is a that's right, of course. That's what I'm doing, but there is a big difference between accepting someone who identifies as a woman and then also saying like okay maybe personally for me that's oh. not like like i'm not a trap like it'll bother me or whatever it is sure but
3: sense? i'm talking to his point of physicality that's the only thing i'm talking i feel like to. we're kind of we have points all for the years. points that
1: right, need to
2: be go.
0: made have been made and if either we, we talk got, about we something got, else i, t- or I go. just want to
2: say again i cannot believe she actually believes this stuff exactly.
3: Okay. Anything (laughs) else? And our next guest will be Bill Cosby.
2: (laughs) Any any comments from the engineer? Uh, 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 No. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you very much.